0: Welcome to, this is what we've been talking about! No way, dude, no way. Yeah, I feel that energy. I'm feeling something. Yeah, man. (laughs) That's old age you're feeling. Something's coursing through my veins. It might be cholesterol. (laughs) And low testosterone. (laughs) (laughs) How do I get it back? I don't know. We're losing it every day. I need a that machine. I think you just pretend it's not happening. Yeah, that's what it is. You got to fake it. Yeah, fake it till you make it. You just got to be manly all the time. Yeah. No matter what happens. Even if you're not manly. Even if you grow tits. It just <laughs> <laughs> got hair all over it, but they're tits. Murbs. You're growing boobs. <laughs> You're pissing yourself all the time It's just oh, leaking yeah. out Leaking out all the time we, we come into the world and leave it the same way Same way Crying, Vipers, kicking and screaming Needing people to take care of us Absolutely no, no ability to do anything Shitting yourself, can't walk It's terrible Yeah, only, I don't remember seeing <laughs> A nine month old Falling and then breaking their pelvis <laughs> <laughs> ah that's true um, there is the, a little bit of a difference there <laughs> bones of that age are pliable yeah it's all it's it's barely bones they're like more like cartilage yeah it'd be nice if that that happened at the end too think about all the yeah cost saving the the pain saving the yeah yeah that'd be awesome switch it back to cartilage pliable bones <laughs> You know, replace, replace all your calcium, calcium with rubber. Oh, <laughs> We'd never die then. That would be awful. Yeah, we man. Need, we need to die. That way, others can live. Right. Right? What's been going on, man? How are you? Nothing. Um, just living, work, taking care of the family. I'm telling you right now, man, it's, uh, I'm, uh. I told you, I just got back from band practice, right? Yep. And uh, the band I'm in, we're doing... We usually do blues rock stuff. And now we're doing this album. We decided to take a little break and come back to our roots. And we're doing a rock album. That's awesome. You know, so I'm excited to let you hear it. Maybe we'll play some on this podcast. Uh, Probably not, but maybe... (laughs) It's not gonna hurt our ratings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we may drop from three listeners to one. Yeah. I mean you know? essentially that's that's the same. You yeah, know, at those levels it's the same. Right. Does it really matter? No. No, not at all. That's what cool. have you been up to, dude? What you you know, up? I was the encouraging best friend to Alan and I said, What are you practicing for? You ain't gonna get any better <laughs> at your age. You know you're as good as it's gonna get, and it's getting worse by the day, by the hour. I tell you something though, man, it's true because I we we're, we're doing some songs now that I'm doing some techniques that it's a one-handed like sixteenth note, which is you know, and you know to do that with one hand, you need a a technique that you do right and. You know, man, it's been a long time since I've done that. And you know, it, it's true what they say, man. If you don't use it, you're gonna lose it. Yep. Especially with that stuff. So, you know, muscle mass uh declines and muscle memory and and fatigue sets in. It's hard. That's why Tom Brady's retired now. <laughs> Finally. Well, that might be because his supermodel wife decided to finally leave him. And he's like, ah, maybe football wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my guess is Tom Brady can get any woman he wants. Yeah. And and true. Giselle's beautiful and probably, hopefully a good person. But I don't know. I think she loses on this deal somehow. But um, I mean, look, you know, in that case, think about it from a man's perspective. Tom Brady was Im- perhaps a little selfish going after you know accolades and stuff but that was his job he was yeah. providing for his family yeah. and he had to weigh hey one more season you know you know can i get another super bowl i'm competitive that's all of the man stuff that we've been talking about and that's what he was doing yeah and, well, let's talk about that for a second cuz that's that's an interesting situation and yeah. i've talked to women that i respect And they, they like support Giselle in this situation. And I just think to myself, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, wait a minute here. When Giselle met Tom Brady, he was a football player. Right. She didn't know him when he was eight years old, you know, running the streets. You know, she, she met him when he was a a football player. And, And I believe already an NFL football player. And already a successful one or else he wouldn't have been able to go on a date with Giselle, who was, that's a very good point a (laughs) Victoria's secret supermodel. Right. So that didn't happen. He was at Michigan and barely getting drafted in the sixth or seventh round because he had his body looked like, you know, the kid in gym class you picked last, you know, he was all knees and elbows back (laughs) then. Lanky. Exactly. No muscle tone. Didn't, you know, so let let's reset this for a second like she yep. met him when he was already a successful football player that's right chasing championships and she knew going into this that this was a long term long commitment that yeah. until his body failed that's what he was going to do and let's face it the nfl player uh, uh doesn't play much past 40 I mean, that's rare, actually. It's the average NFL career. It's like less than five years. I It's the average. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We could say maybe eight for a quarterback, perhaps. Maybe eight to 10. If you're starting quarterback, if you don't get hurt, you know, it might be a little bit longer, but, but even so, you know, she might've thought it was, you know, maybe 10, 15 years and it's been longer than that, but I don't care how many years it is. You committed to that. And why did you fall in love with him in the first place? was it because he was competitive? he was successful, he was driven hard working driven, you know goal oriented all those things that you loved about him. you can't all of a sudden say, well, you know he's he's done everything he needs to. he needs to focus on his, on his family and here's the thing, well, yeah, I mean, there is another think, side to it, right there is but i think tom brady probably did that as best as he could in the midst of being the best quarterback in the world yeah like he looks like a father who is attentive to his children who sure. provides protects spends time when he can i'm sure in the, during the season there's probably less time for his kids i'm guessing in the off season there's more time for his kids and he probably does a lot of things with them I mean, I can only speak on his like social media presence, and it seems like from that aspect that he's involved in those kids' lives. I mean, think about it. For me and you, if we were professional athletes, which we are far from, I'm further than you. But, <laughs> but, 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 but <laughs> I'm not much further. <laughs> we're talking about like half a step. Further, yeah, you know, anyway, so uh, the, the point is, is like, no matter what you do, uh, you know, in our lives, our personal lives, you know, we can get wrapped up into any job that you do as a man, yeah. you can get wrapped up into it and it takes you away from your family. It does. And so you really do have to strike a balance. But in mm. this case, in Tom Brady's case, it's kind of unique. This guy was a superstar quarterback. Arguably the greatest of all time, even though I personally am not a fan of his because he was a Patriot. Yeah, me either. I mean, I'm but a little Bills fan. I hated the Patriots. Exactly. Hated them. But I've gotten to the point since he left the Patriots to yeah. understand his greatness. Right. In the grand scheme of football, yes. he is uh, uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterbacks of all time. But. Yeah. The point is, is that knowing that going in and as competitive as professional athletes can be, and as men, we understand that Mm -hmm. it's tough to walk away that, you know, it's a finite situation. You're not going to play when you're 50. Yeah, I think you do do one more year, you know, I think you keep going till you can't produce anymore. And like, even this past season, even though his team didn't really do much with the Buccaneers, you know, that their record wasn't what it was the last couple of years. And they, you know, what was it? A couple of years ago, they won the Super Bowl, you know? So, but, and they were, they're kind of trending downward, but his, his stats really weren't, they weren't amazing this year, but they were like, you know, Top half quarterbacks, you know, top 50% of the quarterbacks in the league. He's still in that grouping at 45 or however old he is crazy. Yeah. He could do another year. He could do another uh, three, four years and be better than the bottom half of the quarterbacks in the league. The, the bottom line is he's, he's weighing, in my mind, I don't know this for sure, obviously, but he's weighing the possibility. Do I do one more year? Do I have another shot at the Super Bowl with this team or any team that might want me? Yeah that that's gotta be the motivating factor at his age and this stage of his career. Right. If I'm going to play another year, I don't want to go eight, and nine or no, whatever. It's, you know it's what I mean? The, the mental and physical effort that would, that it would take and then end up like missing the playoffs and the bear, and, and less than average team. So, exactly. so he retired. The question is, but I mean, his marriage is over. She, yeah, she dumped him before that he retired. And so his marriage is over. He he's paying attention to his kids. But here's the thing. What if a team that has everything else in place, but the quarterback comes right. to him and says, mm. sign a one-year contract with us. We're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. I th- I believe he would have done it. I think so, too. Because you can't take that competitiveness out. And, like, what an opportunity. This may be my last shot at one more ring. Yeah. I believe I could do it. You know what I mean? But. Maybe he's convinced, though, that he is the GOAT, right? And and how listen, many rings does he have? Six? Six. Or, oh, seven. Seven Did rings? Did he pass Jordan for the all-time? Because Michael Jordan in, in the NBA has six. I think he might have passed him. I think Tampa Bay put him at seven. I'm going to look it up, but okay. I think you might be but, right. Yeah, but here's the thing. So, I think – and. Again, going back to what we just said a couple minutes ago, we both hate this guy. I mean, I don't hate him as an individual. I hate right. him as a player. Yeah, I think because as not another, a competitor, he's a team. really good dude. Like, you want to know what I love about him, even though I hate him as a player? He's not out there saying he's the GOAT. Right. Look at the douchebag LeBron James. I know. Like, self proclaimed, named himself King James. And then when he broke Kareem's scoring record, basically said he's the best all time. I'm the best all time. He's Dude, not, you're not the best. You're you're. And, and so my son's asking me about him. And, and, you know, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, best player of all time. No, of no, there's no negotiating that. I mean, no. are there other great players? Sure. Wilt yep. and Bill Russell in there and there, uh, you know, certain eras, they were unstoppable. They won lots of championships, but, Michael Jordan absolutely revolutionized the league and you know, that was at a time when they played defense and you know, Jordan would drive to the hoop and get just crushed by like Detroit bad boys or by the, anybody. right. They, they like crushed those guys and you know, nowadays there's no defense. The NBA is a joke. Are there good players and skilled players? Sure. But like, there's no defense. So, LeBron just saying, you know, I'm. I was telling my son. I said, you know what? Uh, He said, where Where's LeBron in in, in your top top players? Mm. I said, question. It's skill wise. Skill wise, he's in the top ten. Yeah, I don't think he's even a top five because I have to take the whole picture of defense playing. Like he scored a lot of those points without like any defense. Right. like probably three quarters of them. There might've been some defenses first few years in the league. And then it just went away. Right. right. Like I have to take that into account. I have to take, you know, the, just the, the game, the rules, the, all those, all those things into account. It's not the same. I said, probably top 10, just based on he's six, eight athletic can hit the three can drive to the hole dunk on. Anybody could post up. I mean, he's got it all. Yeah. He's one of the best in the, in the game currently. There's totally. no doubt, right? Yeah. But when, when I it comes from top ten ever, possibly. possibly, possibly, I don't know. That might be too high. But dude, he's not better than Jordan, no and, and he's and he's not he better. Kobe. and I hated Kobe because I hate the Lakers. Yeah, I can't stand Kobe, and you know, just because he died in a helicopter crash doesn't make him better basketball player in the scheme of things. No, uh, I but mean he's it's tragedy, obviously. There yeah. though, I mean he's better than LeBron. He could hit the game-winning shot. He wanted to bury you. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a mentality. Like Jordan and Kobe had that mentality of, I don't want to beat you. I want to beat you and bury you. I want to embarrass you. Right. Right? Right. And that's a different level. But that's the competitive level that Jordan was on, that Brady was on. Yes. He didn't have to. I, I'm sure he talks smack on the field, but I didn't really hear him talking smack in no, the media. No. Did Jordan? Um, I don't know. Not written. If people ask Jordan today, like, is he better than LeBron? He won't say that he is, but he freaking knows that he is. You know, you know, there's six reasons why he's better than Lebron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, by the just, way, Tom Tom Brady has seven rings. Yeah, yeah I thought so. He yeah. he passed Jordan with that that Tampa Bay Super Bowl. He did, dude. I mean, it's a different sport, but still, it's pretty pretty cool. And dude, he could have had nine. The two against the Giants, he could have won. He lost. Here's the other interesting fact: so Michael Jordan won three championships in a row. Two three peat. That's crazy. And, hold on, like look at how it connects. So yeah. they won three. He yep. retires after his dad was murdered and yeah. played two years of baseball, right. which I think was just like a psychological reset yeah. for him. You know, yeah. he had to get away from the from basketball. But he won sure. three peat. Retired for two years. Guess who won those two years? He was retired. The Houston Rockets, who had Akeem Olajuwon and those teams. Yeah. Right. Sam Cassell, Robert Ory, they were really good teams. So but they won a two-peat back to back, the two years Jordan was out of the league. He comes back and they win the next three. Another three-peat. So like we can't, we can't, you know, you know, we can't say for sure this would have happened. But you win a three-peat, you're out of the league two years, and then you win another three-peat. Hypothetically speaking. In all possibilities, they could have won those two years and it would have been eight in a row. I, I mean, imagine. that's that, that is crazy, dude. I know, but look at the player. I mean, I, I don't know you guys out there if you if you saw the documentary, but this guy was a monster. Um, uh, you talk about coaches like coaching players and and instigating and like inspiring people. Michael Jordan was an amazing teammate. He'll call you out if you're yeah. not doing stuff. I mean, that's what you got to do. If you're on a team, you have to be like, hey man, you got to play better. And then it's yeah. not like you can't, it's not like you can't they can't say anything back to you because you're playing at a, an incredibly high level. Yes. You know, it's not like you're slacking off and you're telling no. a, somebody else like you're playing up, the, like come on up and meet me at this level. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And that's what point. he did. That's a good example. Did. The thing is, like, he was he was busting his butt in practice, working yes. hard. He right. was trying to beat people in practice and calling out his teammates. You're not working hard enough. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't out of like I'm better than you and you no. suck. It no. was I see potential in you. Yes, you can reach you can do better. Like we need you. I can't play this you all by myself. You. You and you're better than what you're producing. That's right. You suck. You're, you know, cause if he thought they sucked, he just wouldn't spend any time on them. That's you right. Know, he'd move wrong and find somebody else that had more potential, but he would say you're better than this. Let's go. Right. <laughs> I mean, what better teammate is there than that? There isn't. He makes everybody else around him better by, you know, going after him and, 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 and holding him accountable. So I wonder if Tom Brady was like that, too. And, and we've all Thanks. seen like we've all seen like sideline camera yeah. angles of him yelling at people and yeah. like and, uh, during the game, yeah. like you need to fucking do this and that yeah. and the other thing or whatever it is that he's yelling about, even to the like the offense c- coordinator yeah. and the he's head coach. What what was that famous argument that he had on the sideline about that? He was like pissed. Yeah. About yeah. I mean, something. if you're a competitor, I mean, you have to respect authority. Okay. And yeah. that and that's a manly that that that's a manly characteristic, right? Is wanting to succeed and having the drive to defeat anything in your path, but right. also being controlled. And yep. doing it when appropriate. And even those guys would say, listen, you know, I, I probably did step over the line here, but my will to win kind of clouded my judgment in that moment. And that, that unbelievable desire to win and to succeed kind of clouded my judgment in that moment. And, you know, so they would probably admit that they took it too far, but those are the guys that are the best. They just are. I mean, if you think about like, it's a little bit of a difference in sports. So uh, baseball, the manager of the baseball is going to take a pitcher out because of strategy and they're pissed. They don't want to come out. They can get the hitter out and all this stuff. So it's a little bit different kind of strategy basketball. And I'm not as versed in basketball as you are, man, but it seems to me like the head coach, Kind of has an overall strategy, but it's the players that drive what's going on in the moments that are happening, like mm-hmm. different plays. Yeah. like I think we should do this play or that play or whatever. Sure. Uh, I mean, the game management in basketball would be like, OK, the other team's going on a run. We need to call a timeout. Stop yeah. the momentum. Maybe I right. sub a couple of players in to kind right. of disrupt the chemistry that they've got going on. Maybe yeah. we start a full court press, try to create some turnovers. Yeah. You know, maybe we switch off this guy onto this guy guarding a different guy because you know he's not playing him real well or defending him real well, and this other guy's long and lanky. Might you know might get some steals. Like you just have to disrupt the flow of the game, and you you come up with different strategies to do those things you know, and, and, and so there's strategy, like, you know, and then there's different out of bounds plays and offensive plays and things like that. Now at the NBA level, I'm sure, you know, those guys kind of do a lot of it on their own, the, the players, like you said, but yeah. there is strategy. And, and, and when do I call timeouts and when do I, and how, and in what way can I disrupt this momentum that the other team has somehow gained, you know, and, and somebody like Jordan and Brady they, these guys know the game so well that they can. Uh, they're almost undermining. Well, I, that's not the right word, but like they, right they, they, can, yeah, they, 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 they can. They can butt heads with the yeah. playmakers and the decision makers of what's going on, and go, "No, I think we should do it this way." Like I'm in it. We've been yeah. doing this for so long. I know what's going on. Yeah. And, and I, think and they I, mean, I see that a lot of the time. What's that? I think they might be right a lot of the time. I think so because they're the greatest and you know the coaches know the Xs and Os but these great players are are executing and also know the Xs and Os. That's right. At some point, you know Brady knows yeah. what play to do. But and Peyton so- Manning, they're one of the the greats. You know, like Definitely. if he had won a few more championships, I might even say he's he was better than Brady as far as a pure passer and quarterback. But he called almost all of his own plays at the end of his career. Yes, he did. I mean, he yes, he did. He was the coach. You know, yeah, he was just incredible. He was the playmaker, play caller for yeah. sure. So it's kind of interesting, but. But getting back to like Giselle and her decision to leave and all that. I, and who knows what's going on behind the doors, but yeah. on the surface, if it's about like him going back and doing another year and being away and all this stuff, like that's what you signed up for. That's my That You have to support your man in this. Like how many more years is he going to do it? Till death do us part in sickness and health. And I mean, you know, at- you this know what he gone. does for a living. Yeah. Like that's what he's doing. That's his I passion. Mean, that's you, why you love them. If you wanted to marry the the high school gym teacher who's working seven thirty to three thirty, then that's who you should have married. But you wouldn't have Super Bowls, and you wouldn't have what you have. Did you, you marry you, Tom you Brady because he was uh, a nice guy and he had a horse cock, or did you marry him because? <laughs> I mean, what was it? No, it was. You married because he was a a passionate guy and he was into what he was into. He was focused, he was driven. And that's what women are drawn to. I, I, you know, it's true, man. Yeah. And then eventually there's this like, there is a little bit of a fine line. Is it selfish to go back for another year? for your own accolades, is it? And even if she's, like, sitting there saying, like, listen, you've done everything you need to do, you've won seven championships, you know, there's no one around you, it's time to retire. And I I actually can understand that point of view. Yeah. And and maybe this is a situation, I I disagree with Giselle's final decision, okay? Yeah. Because you support your husband no matter what. If you're a good woman and a good wife, you support him no matter what. Now, having said that, he might have made a mistake. He'd won seven championships. You know, he is starting to decline somewhat physically. He's not who he was 20 years ago. Right. Maybe he made a mistake and did go a year or two longer than he should have. But I don't think that changes the fact that she should not have abandoned him. I mean, Without knowing any other details. We're just going on the surface of what we know. But if that's all there is, then you got to say, I mean, you have to support and be like, I'm not, you can voice, Hey man, I'm not happy about this. So this has got to be your last year. Okay. It's my last year. You know, like, I'm not happy about it. I don't fucking like it. Whatever. Yeah. Th- then, you know, you have that disagreement, but she's still in the end. You support, support man. Because ultimately, when you when you agree and you're standing before the, the marriage official and stating your vows, you're, you're basically saying, I'll, "In thick and thin, I'll, I'm committed to you." But in this case, it's like Giselle's only committed to you if you do what she wants. Yes. What, what does that mean? Well, let's turn the tables and say Giselle is a, a bikini model, right? She's she got to shoot. Let's. She's got a shoot in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. You know, during the Super Bowl. And and Brady goes, I don't want you to go during the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. I'm in it. I, yeah. I want you there. I want you there. Yeah. And she's like, No, I, I need to do this. Blah blah blah. You can have an impasse. You can have a disagreement. And you can have that stuff. Like he's got to support her yeah. in the same way that she has to support him. Yeah. And I think that's perfect perfectly reasonable. There's all kinds of different scenarios you can come up with that. Uh, will lead to this sort of uh, argument and impasse. But in the <laughs> end, yep. you have to support each other. Yeah, and like you said, man, there has to be some give and take. And maybe, maybe Tom made the wrong decision, but she still, as a respectful wife, needs to support him, even if she's kind of upset, maybe even slightly resentful. But right. she, you, she is a bury that and support him because she committed to him as her husband, and vice versa. If yes. it was, like you said, like he needs to maybe he's resentful, maybe she does the shoot in New Zealand when he's at the Super Bowl and she's not there, but he supports it because it's her career and he loves her and he committed to her and he might be a little pissed off, but he doesn't leave her over it, right? Exactly. You can have disagreements and in- be pissed off at each other. Yeah. Doesn't mean it has to be over. Right. But as long as you voice those things, I, I, yeah. I, I think during this man podcast, we're trying to like get out some solutions to people, but like you can have arguments with your significant other and you can still stay together and still have arguments and disagreements. Yeah. It doesn't mean it has to be over. And you know, you sometimes might give into your, 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 your significant other's wishes. Right. And you might even hold a little bit of resentment for a little while till you process it and work through it or vice yeah. versa. Yeah. They may kind of give into your will. And sometimes, you know, your will is ends up being the right decision down the road. Sometimes their will ends up being the right decision down the road, even if you thought it wasn't and were kind of resentful about it. But the reality is you commit regardless of the outcome. Yeah. Like you wouldn't say in sickness and in health, if you were worried about the outcome. Yeah, that's right. The outcome is material. It doesn't matter. It's insignificant. It holds no value. What is the outcome of this relationship? It doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is you're there no matter what. Yeah. It doesn't say that you have to like it. No. <laughs> and it doesn't say that you can't voice your disagreement about nope. it. <laughs> it doesn't say that it's a fairy tale ending. No. It may be a horrible ending. We've seen it. But did you commit to it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there there's a lot of selfish decisions, there's a lot of gray areas, there's a lot of borderline calls. Yeah. Uh and 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 who's to say who's right or wrong? In the end, uh, Brady played one more year and maybe it was one more year too long for that relationship Could've for whatever been. reason still disagree with her decision and he probably should have listened sooner and yeah. maybe cut it shorter but again she committed to him she should have d- dealt with it and then he ended up retiring this year anyways even if he yeah. made the wrong move you know yeah. and uh, go back man what you're saying you know lots of you know, difficult decisions and, you know, maybe making wrong ones that we certainly aren't here saying that. And again, we're only talking about like Giselle and Tom's relationship based on like superficial social media bull crap. But like the reality is marriage is one of one of the hardest things or serious relationships, whatever you want to label these things as one of the hardest things that you will do in this lifetime. Oh yeah, parenting, right? Parenting and marriage are probably the two hardest things that you do in this life. Yeah, yeah, because it's not just your decision; you have to take into consideration somebody else's uh, psyche, feelings, yeah, all of that stuff. And it, and like we said, there's a gray area: is this me being selfish, or is it the right decision? Mm -hmm. You know, based on objective findings. Yeah. that's the hard part. All right. All right. How many times do you make a decision? I don't care what it is. It can be, it can be a little thing. It can be a huge thing. Yeah. You know, little things might be like where you're going, you know, next weekend versus, you know, big things might be like, are you selling your house and moving or changing jobs or, you know, those are kind of big decisions in this life. But regardless of how big or small the decision is, you know, how many times have you um worried about you know making the right decision or the wrong decision and maybe even possibly making the wrong or right decision? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you always made the right decision? I know I no. haven't. No, def- I definitely have not. So here's a man thing real quick. Making decisions. Yeah. So, you know, how many times as men, you know. All you guys out there, how many times have you had a big decision or an important decision, whether it's big or not, an important decision in your, your life, your family's life, and, you know, you have that decision to make and you're not sure how to make it? You know, So what do you do to make that decision? Yeah. Or do you, if you're maybe a religious man, maybe you pray about it. But I don't know about you. I, I haven't heard God audibly, audibly speak to me. Okay, so you yeah. might say some prayers about it. So let's talk about solutions here real quick. Okay. What do you do to to, to make important decisions, and how, how do we do that as a man? So let's just take an example real quick, yeah. like a job decision. Let's let's just say, like, I'm not happy with my job. I want to look for another job, yeah. whatever. So when I, what I go through in my head to make a decision about another job yeah. is – how does it affect uh, me seeing my kids? Yep. How does it affect um, – in other words, do I need to move for my job? If right. that's the case, I'm probably not going to take it because in my case, I want to see my kids and blah, blah, blah because I'm divorced and I see the kids, blah, yep. blah, blah. Yep. So you've uh, got some like – you've got some geographical – Right. You know, limitations somewhat. Right. So in, in, in my decision making, I'm ruling out those possibilities. Yeah. So I don't even look at them yep. like they're not even part of what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, first thing is like location. Where am I going to be? Yep. What's going to happen? Schedule. What's that all about? You know, how does it affect my kids? How does it affect the wife? How does it affect uh, the home situation? All yep. of that stuff. I mean, I go through it what I think is logically Mm -hmm. and rule out the stuff that are like, absolutely. I can't do that. So those are off the table. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. What do you do? It's a great place to start. Um, absolutely. Those are some of the initial kind of, you know, uh, things that you look at to kind of eliminate certain possibilities. You know, I guess I was thinking more of like, what's the next step after you've said, okay, you know, for me, it's reach out and ask other people that you respect their opinions. That's true. know, maybe I might reach out to you, Alan, say, listen, man, I got this job opportunity. Here's the situation. I've already decided that it's okay for my family if we do it. Yeah. But here's the situation. Here's the hours. Here's the pay. Here's the reason I'm considering it. Here's the reason I'm dissatisfied at my current job. What are your thoughts on that? And you might come back and say, let me think about that a little bit, you know, cause you might like impulsively not have an opinion or you might have an opinion on like first hearing it, but have a different opinion as you kind of, you know, digest it a little bit. You right. Know? It goes so, back to what we were saying about having that, that, uh, male, figure in your life that yeah. you can be vulnerable, vulnerable with. Yeah. We talked about that last week and the week before. Yeah. Uh, but that same sounding board can be uh, someone who can help you kind of guide some decisions or have a sure. fresh per- perspective on stuff. Yeah. Obviously you're going to talk to your significant other also, but yes. you can talk to your peers in your, uh, in your field. Yes. You can talk to, uh, male figures who aren't in your field that maybe have another, uh, you know, uh, family uh, friends or, or just friends that are not in your, your actual field. Or like you said, I was just going to say, I would absolutely say, you know, talk it over with my spouse and say, what do you think about this? And take their opinion super seriously. Yeah. You know, and take my good friends, my best friend, you, Alan, and, and, and other good friends of mine and family right. members, you know, when our fathers were living, our father's advice yeah. was a huge part of my decision-making, you know, and once they're gone, it's kind of like, well, we become the fathers in a sense, we become them with the patriarchs. You know, and- we, we are the CEOs of our own corporation, and yeah. you know, but we don't live in a vacuum. So when you talk to your spouse, your significant other, they are affected significantly by the decisions we make in our everyday lives, whether it be work yeah. or otherwise. And so, their decision have to come into play and and play a significant part in yeah. in the decision making. If they're like. I don't want you working nights. I don't want you working this and that. You know, know, I'm going to be by myself, or whatever the case may be. Like that has to be, and you have to make a decision. Like, all right, the money's really good, but you know what? I don't want my my girl to be by herself at night anymore. In a risky situation, possibly, or just not feel safe. That's just one scenario, but I mean, they they come into play probably more than anybody else. Uh, Obviously, your kids too, but. Uh, when it comes down to it, it's that decision when it comes to like job decisions and all that stuff, your significant other is your partner in this yeah. whole thing. And if they're not happy with that decision, it's going to affect your daily life too. Yeah, for sure. If you choose money over uh, something that they're um, you know, concerned about, then it's going to affect you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's what happened to Brady and Giselle. Yeah, maybe not. I, mean, I don't you know. We don't, don't have that don't, insight. We don't have the info, the inside information, but I'm sure Brady has guys that he surrounds himself with, and he kicks all these ideas off of. I'm sure he kicked him off, you know, ran him by Giselle, and yeah. she had a different opinion, but ultimately he came to the decision that he wanted to play another year. I, I totally get it. You're the best all time. Yeah. You know, Jordan came back and played a couple of years with the Wizards after he had retired. Yeah, he did. And, you know, he didn't win any championships, but he was still like, you know, an all star player. He was still like top 20 player in the league by far. And so there is this piece of every great person, every, you know, successful human being that doesn't want to let go of the things that are successful with, even though, you know, age starts to have play a factor in that. I think that's that fine line I was kind of talking about. When do you, when do you hang it up? When do you say, all right, you know, I've done enough. I'm Mm -hmm. not able to be an elite player anymore. I'm top 20 in the league, but is that enough? I know because no? it's weird. I, I totally respect the guys that retire after they win a Super Bowl or yeah. whatever, an NBA championship, whatever sport it is. You Who was it? El, Elway did that, at, didn't he? After, after back-to-backs. Didn't they do back-to-backs to the Broncos? I think he lost and then he came back and well, he won. He a bunch of Super Bowls, but then ended up winning two and then like, retired at the top like right after the year he won one. That's and amazing. So, part of me says party like, says, okay, you give up once you've reached the pinnacle. Like, you know, and then I got guys like Jordan and Brady, the two greatest of their sports think, well, okay, I might not be the greatest anymore, but I'm still top 20. But even Babe Ruth came back and he signed with the Boston Braves, went back to Boston. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard. You start to get that. There's there has to be this incredible dopamine release that you get when you're a great superstar athlete. And at the top of your game, and you—you're always chasing that. It's like anything else. You ask a drug addict, man, what do they chase? They chase that dopamine, absolute, right. incredible dopamine wave that just like, you know, <laughs> just floods their brain, and they're chasing that—the the best one they've ever had. They chase the rest of their lives. I—I I saw a quote, uh, and I'll. You know, uh, I'm gonna butcher it, but from Mickey Mantle, he in his retirement speech, he was like, yeah. "I can't hit the way I want to hit. I can't run the way I want to run. I can't uh score the way I want to score, and I can't help the team that I want the way that I want to help the team." Yeah, and so therefore I retire, mm-hmm. and that is classic. You that's know what that at, is? That's like a selfless. That's yeah. a selfless position because yeah. ultimately you could jeopardize the team's success to continue chasing that dopamine high. Right. Right. Because that's, that's yeah. what could happen. And you wind up hurting the team. I mean, yeah. even Cal Ripken took himself out of the lineup because it's like, it's hurting the team. I, you know, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in the lineup. Yeah. Why am I in the lineup? Look, LeBron, right now, I've heard him say that he wants. now. Don't get me wrong. He's still putting up huge numbers. Yeah. But he said that he wants to play till he can play with his son. So he wants his son to be in the NBA and he's going to play till his son's in the NBA. He's a which, jackass. I know he is, but like, I, I would feel even more passionate against him if he wasn't putting up decent numbers, but here's yes. the other thing. All yeah. right, real quick, you know, kind of maybe let's, let's talk about this for the last few minutes here. Okay. I got something. So, All right. (laughs) Here's something interesting. There's some players, former players, and even a couple current players. Okay. Anthony Edwards, I think, is a a forward for the Timberwolves, and I think he's one of their star players. Anthony Edwards, young guy, like in his early 20s. I've heard of the name. All-star player. He came out recently and said, you know what's ridiculous? And again, I'm going to butcher. I'm not saying his quote, but I'm going to give you the general idea here. He's basically saying, you know what's ridiculous is that these players – that aren't playing all the games," he said. "Cause, okay, so let me give you a little bit of background. In okay. the NBA, lots of guys, even like your Lebrons and your superstars, they're playing like sixty percent of the games, maybe seventy five. Right? They'll sit, take rest days. Or they'll have a little boo-boo and they'll sit down and they won't play because you know they got a little blister on their ankle or something. You know, no, seriously, like all jokes yeah. aside, I believe that's what's happening. Do you think yeah. that ever happened in Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic no Johnson way. those days? Yeah, those no. guys would never sit out. No. They're in there. They're going to play. They'd be forced to sit out. Like the the athletic training staff would say, you're not playing. I don't care what you say. Yeah. They'd be pissed about it. The guys say, take days off. So anyways, Anthony Edwards came out and said, you know, I don't take days off. He said, I'll play even if I'm at like 60, 70%. He said, because some people, I love this. Some people can only afford to watch one game. Like you and me, middle-class guys, we save up when we go to a game and we, we watch one game. Wow. And if the star player isn't playing and you went to the game and you took your son to the one game and all he wanted to do was see that star player play. Wow. And they play because they had a blister. That was like a rest day. Wow, man. That so is she, that. And then I was uh, reading some articles and Barkley, Charles Barkley, one of the all-time greats, came out and said yep. the same thing said you know the league's not the same as it used to be guys take days off it's not right they need to play and basically he was referring to i guess the nba is negotiating a new like tv contract okay. and it's going to be like enormous and so because of the amount of money that this new tv contract is going to be yeah. they're going to be able to play, pay players like 40 to 60 million a year Wow. Like certain superstars and Barkley's like this contract's coming. And these guys play like 60% of the time. And Barkley even came out and said, you know, can you imagine like the steel workers in this, in in these, like, you know, in these factories and in these like companies, are they taking 40% of the days off? No. Are they tired sometimes like working really hard and doing hard labor and, and, you know, working in the steel, steel industry, they're working so hard. They're exhausted. They don't want to keep working, but they do. But you know what? That's going to lead to it is exactly, exactly what we were talking about last week is all these high pay pay players, 40 to 60 million. They're going to sit out or whatever. There's going to be rules that are going to be implemented in these major sports to protect the money that basically they're yep. paying these players, right? The they're they leading this whole thing, right? Like that was the root of it all. Of course. Yes. And I, mean, I, I mean, we covered this, but that's yeah. exactly what happens. Yep. You get paid these players. Well, they want to ensure that these players are not going to get hurt. So they're going to implement rules and, and, Come up with rules to protect the players yeah. under the guise of safety, and yeah. in reality, it's an insurance policy yep. so that the teams uh, will be able to have these players play mm-hmm. and not get hurt. Yeah. So I think there's a two two headed monster here. Yeah. Okay. One one head is the the money part, which you just mentioned, like they don't want these people playing too much or getting hurt or all these rules right. to protect them from getting hurt because that's their, that's their cash cow, whether it be like the owners or the TV contracts or the, you know, whatever it is, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, right. the MLB, that kind of stuff like that. There's so much money involved. Yeah. And investors. So the one headed monster is the money part, you know, but I think there's another headed monster here, man. And we got to go talk ahead. about this real quick. All right, go ahead. It's the younger generation, which I would put LeBron James and I put some of these younger players in which they're a bunch of pussies, pussies, such pussies and why do they why why do these uh rules become implemented because the players association push for it and who are the players association they are the players they're the players and they're a bunch of pussies and this generation has become entitled and you know what lebron and those guys they think they deserve these days off come on man they deserve them You want to know why I deserve a day off? Hey, Alan, they're so great at what they do. They deserve these days off. Well, I'm not (laughs) there is why LeBron will never be as good as the generations before him. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Michael. What's that? You were were saying you wanted a day off. I need a day (laughs) off, dude. We all need a day (laughs) off. These guys need to play every day. I'm not saying they they don't work hard, man. To be a professional athlete is tough. You got to be elite and you got to be day to day. You got to be doing it on the off season. All that stuff. And, but I think not, a lot of that's gone by the wayside, I think. I think they get you know the talent now, a lot well, of it. Michael Jordan and those who played in the 90s, late 80s and 90s. Yep. 70s, 80s, but, 90s. Yep. And all of the sports. These guys were the real deal. They they yeah. they um they they worked hard. They had to drive. They did all that stuff, and they also had the mentality of the old guys where it's like I'm playing every fucking day, yeah, and that's it, and you, know, you can't keep me out. You know when you could start to see it crumble was do you remember, and I know you're not a big NBA follower, but I mean you're a sports follower enough that you probably remember this. Go do ahead. Do you remember the interview with – I don't even remember who was in it other than Allen Iverson. And someone was asking him about his like effort and showing up to practice. 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 Are you talking about practice? You're talking you talk about, talk about how I do practice. Talk about practice. Now, he was one of the greatest players in the league at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That was the beginning of like, this dude didn't think he needed to show up to practice because he was exactly. so great. That's right. And Michael Jordan was trying to, you know, destroy his teammates in practice so he could get better and he could make yes. them better. Yes. Michael Jordan. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know exactly, but it, to me, it seems like practice was more important than the game. Almost yeah. like you better game muscle memory games, muscle memory, going back to what you were talking about, you know, you're practicing your drums so that when there's a gig or when you're recording the album, it just happens because right. it's muscle memory. That's right. But if you're just basically like thinking, I don't need to practice because I'm great and I'll just show up for the games. OK, your talent will take you so far. But all of a sudden you come up against a competitor like Michael Jordan, who takes practice seriously. Yeah. And you're going to get destroyed and laid out. Talk about practice. Practice. Come on. You know it's like yeah that was the beginning of the fall right there. Yeah, that's a great great point, man. I I, I quote that all the time. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Here's but the thing, in these generations, they don't want to put work in anymore. Well, that that's uh, listen. Putting in the work, getting your 10,000 hours in makes you yeah. uh, you know, an expert in whatever thing whatever. that you're doing. Yep. So if you ain't practicing, listen, I, 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 listen, I, I'm not a musician to the, any level, you know, but I play music for a long time and I'm telling you right now, if you go to a gig and you, you're just going to wing it on your own, mm-hmm. uh, skill from before, yep. you're going to fail because the practice gets you tight. With yeah. your teammates, with your yeah. bandmates. Definitely. It's the same thing with sports, man. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. I can remember. Here's another interesting point. When I was in high school and I was I was outside shooting hoops by myself, practicing. Yeah. Yep. Practice. You know what's interesting about that? What and, and I bet you this is the same for you. I don't even have to ask you. I know it's the same. The, the, here's the reality. Yeah. When I was in high school and I was outside shooting by myself, weather conditions were could have been terrible. They might have been great. Doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered. I was yep. going out. There, I was going to practice. Like for you, nothing mattered. Something could come up. Doesn't matter. You were going to practice. But you right. know what? Here, here's the point I want to make. I loved yep. it. Oh yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I loved practicing. But you know what the other thing is, is that you don't even realize that you're getting better until you have the game. But why are you doing it? I'm not even sure you're doing it to get better. I think you're doing it because you love (laughs) it. (laughs) And then you get better. Yes. Yes. I think today's athletes, I'm not sure they'd love it. I think everybody's told them how great they are and they just they're fine being that great. Dude, man, you hit it on the head, man. I remember getting out in my, and I wasn't a great baseball player, but I remember going out on my driveway and you know, those garage doors, they have the, the, uh, the sections. Yeah. Well, so, and the handle in the middle of the garage door yeah. was like the middle of the plate for me. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. the sections were perfect. So I would sit at the end of my driveway with the tennis ball yep. and pitch to yep. this thing. And if I was able to hit the corners or like hit yeah. the handle or whatever, it was like hours. Would you do that hours? dude. <laughs> you Listen, you weren't doing that because you were going to be the next Nolan Ryan. No. You knew that probably wasn't going to happen, but in no. your head, you imagined it and you were out there and you were doing it and it was amazing. And I loved it. I was out there by myself you it. by yourself. There's no passion anymore. No. These men, they're not men. These athletes, you know what they are? And we've talked about this in season one, man. They're Go ball- ahead. Balls. They're they ball- are. They're not real men. And, you know, they have way more talent than you and I do in the things that they're talented in. But they're not as tough of men as we are. They're not as tough as men as, as the listeners that we have. They're not. They're not real men. How much greater would LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. be? I call him LeBlom. LeBlom. <laughs> the bum. <laughs> How much greater would he be if he just had the passion and the drive that Jordan had? He would have been the best of all time. I think and he I'll would say, have been. Even though I think he's not in the top 10. I'll say that because I think he was physically gifted beyond any athlete I've ever seen. And you know what? Uh, Jordan was physically gifted, but he also had the drive and the passion and, and the, he held teammates to account. Yes. It didn't just like I, I don't know what LeBron does, but I'm just saying. Like, it seems to me that LeBron does not. I'll tell you live what. LeBron up to does. the standards of Jordan, as far as Le- practice, no, and- I'll tell you what LeBron does. Go he ahead. changes teams and recruits superstars to his team yes. to help him win championships. Whereas yeah. Jordan would stay with the Bulls and challenge the guys that the front office brought onto his team to be as great as they could be. But LeBron oh. chases super teams. Dude, he was on a team yeah. with like three future Hall of Famers. Well, that's 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 what I was going to bring up. I've yeah. seen this meme before, and I'm sure you did, too, like uh, 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 comparing LeBron and, and, and Michael Jordan yeah. and like how many teammates made the Hall of Fame. Jordan yeah. zero or whatever it was, yeah, you know, Pippen, so all-star, yeah. all-star teammates, blah, blah, blah. And LeBron has like, I don't know, five ten a ton. Yeah. A bunch. I mean, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. He so, and he so he went from Cleveland to Miami chasing, right. chasing, chasing money, money, money and, for himself, money and, and championships went back to Cleveland, then went to LA And he's been sucking at LA. I think they won one championship there, but you know what I mean? Like he's chasing, like I need more help. And I love how like the NBA commentators will say, LeBron needs more help. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like Pippen became a hall of famer and Pippen was a good player with Jordan, but Pippen's not as good as the second or third best player that LeBron's had on his team, his whole career. That's right. Maybe in the beginning in Cleveland, but like, you know, Pippen was a good player, but I think he's overrated because of Jordan. I do. Well, that's the point, man. Because yeah. Jordan pushed his teammate. There. He called him out. Yeah. Dude, you are in the NBA. You need to be doing this and that. I would <laughs> I, call him out <laughs> during games. How did the Bulls do the two years Jordan left? Yeah. They there you go. Like average slightly above Pippen average, like 20 points a game. They were right. not championship material. Houston won easily. Chicago wasn't in the finals. You know, it was, listen, that's all you need to know right there. <laughs> but it's the mentality as men. We need to have the mentality that we do not give up. We fight as hard as we possibly can. And we don't take things for granted. You know, That's we right. certainly aren't gonna like complain over the work that it takes to get to our goal, like practice. Oh, I don't want to practice. it's too much work. well, then get out of the game yeah because if you, it, because, like you said, if you don't love practice, then yeah. you don't love the game. yeah, if I don't love playing drums, I love then the- I need to get out of music. <laughs> You, you went today, you loved it, dude. I remember in high school and in college, I loved practice. I loved it. It was yeah. fun. It, it was hard. It was grueling. Sometimes it didn't go the way I expected, but it just drove me even further. Well, why did you go back to the next practice? Because you wanted to prove to yourself that you could get better. Yes. And you loved shooting baskets and, I and did like it. challenging yourself. Because and- I, you know, I, I needed to get better and I just enjoyed the challenge. So Mm. just to wrap things up real quick. Yeah. Uh, Here's a little push for a a documentary that I watched today, actually today on Netflix, which is exactly what we're talking about today. All right. It's called 14 Peaks. Okay. So it's this guy from Nepal and he's a, you know, um, mountain climber, basically. I think the uh, country, uh, it's pronounced Nepal. (laughs) 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 <laughs> nipple. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyways, ahead, all right. this dude from nepal he yeah. wanted to do the 14 highest peaks in the world wow and they're all over 8,000 kilometers high okay and he wanted to do it in a certain time and i literally i feel terrible i just watched i can't remember the amount of time he wanted to do it in but the record for the amount of time of all 14 peaks has been done in the past it was like seven years it took wow. before him wow and he did it in less than a year. I'll give you that. But, wow. Yeah, it's called 14 Peaks. It's worth watching, but it was interesting because you know it follows him around on some of it. it's only like an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. And he basically says failure was not an option, and he took risks. He risked his life. He risked his team's life for different things. But that's the drive we're talking about. And listen, yeah. listen, Alan, you and I, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be the drummer for you know some enormous like you know, stadium band, like no. chili peppers or like whoever's out not there in days. Food no. And I'm not going to play in the NBA cause I'm 43. I got a torn ACL. I'm a mess. <laughs> right? But here's the thing. Should we have that same mindset and mentality in the things that we do for everything that we do, whatever you do, whatever you want to do, you need to have that drive, that passion, that, yes, that, uh, that, that, The drive as a spouse, as a father, as a professional in your workspace, as a friend to another man, as a, you know, just anything that you as a coach, if you're coaching your kids, teams, whatever you are. Dude, this is so important for men to understand is that you should not uh, half ass anything. Nothing. Nothing. If you're going to do something, you do it right. You learn how to do it. You practice it over and over and over again, and you get it right. That's you, what men do. You brought up a good point too, man. Like if you don't have that drive in some field or some area that you're kind of pursuing, you get out of it. Yeah. maybe it's not for I've, you. I've done that. You know, I've done that. You in something and you start, you kind of pursue it. And then you're like, I just don't have this. So yeah. Get, oh. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with like no, like understanding that that's not what I'm meant to be, or it's not my skill that I want. Yeah, my skill skill set. set. I don't have the I don't have the motivation. I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have everything I need to like give this my all. So I'm going to get out. Exactly. It's not a failure. That's actually maturity. Honestly, it's also like like figuring out what it is that you are good at and what you wanted to. What your yeah. passion is. It's, like, it's journey to figure out your talents and your, your giftings. I would always all, uh, you know, I play basketball, pick up games whatever. I always wanted to be Michael Jordan and be able to do I some really moves. Did. I was never able to do any of that, dude. And I'm short. So the, I was never going to be a basketball player. I was never going to, but I enjoyed doing it. And then at some point I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. This is not what I'm made to do. And you found things that you were way better at and you just nailed them. You just ran right. after them hard. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So men out yeah. there, you got to find what it is that you want to do Definitely. And, 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 and pour yourself into it. And then, Hey, you know, if it's not what it is, then you get out of it and you find yeah. something else and pour yourself into that. That's the take home message. Give your all to the things that you pursue. And if you realize that they're not something that you can give your all to you get out. Wow. What a show today, man, yes, man. Holy moly. And slam right there. <laughs> it really is, man. It really, really is, man. It's good. Good meeting with you. And, uh, until next time, work yeah. buddy, and it's okay. If you figure out you're not great at something and you can't give it your all, or if you, you're not great at something and you want to give it your all, give it your all. You get better. Yeah, dude. Uh, all I can say is practice. Practice. I you gotta, gotta pr- practice. You gotta practice. Nah, I don't need that. I'm good enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I guess next time, man. We'll talk to you guys next time. All right. See you guys. See ya. Later.